That's what they say in the South, in the United States, but I don't know how you do it in the South, in Australia. So, oh, good mate? What? Wait a second, I want to get this. Okay, so one over here. What is it you say? Oh, you're too many of you. Just you. What is it you say? Good day, mate. <laughs> I forgot. Good day, mate. But what if it's night time? It's a good day. Good day, mate. But what if you're not looking for a mate? I mean, you know, it's like... I mean, if you're saying, good day, mate, I mean, is that like everybody's your spouse or something? I mean, what is the... Anyway, sorry. <laughs> you know, you could really work with that and get in trouble. I mean, you walk up to somebody and you say... Good day, mate. <laughs> they might think you're proposing. Yeah? Wrong? <laughs> okay, oh well, whatever. <laughs> so in the South, you say howdy. Can you say howdy? No, that's not. You gotta say, it's got to have two or three syllables to it. In, in the South, in the United States, it's y'all. Yeah, how day? You you're catching on. Good day, mate. <laughs> oh gosh! Oh Jesus! Have mercy. Well, well, you guys are totally. You're a lot looser than you were two years ago. <laughs> this is a, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a whole lot more fun than two years ago, too. <laughs> oh, Jesus, please reel me in something. Please. Oh, I'm about to go tilt. <laughs> okay, I'm a little teapot. <laughs> Short and stout, just tip me over and pour me out. Woo! <laughs> you better have something in your pot. But anyway, Shabbat, Jesus, have mercy. Lord God of hosts. Yeah. <laughs> Well, this feels pretty good. I think I'll leave it there. <laughs> Try it right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. With these hands. Come on. Okay, all right. Wow. Well, in Friday night, I shared some of the youth and with some youth at heart on uh, partially, you know, a greatest youth awakening the world will ever see, some other some visions. 
and I met with a little core of the, the leadership of this house here on a Saturday at, for lunch for a while, and I don't know what all we did. We did all kinds of stuff, and uh, but it was a wonderful, uh, wonderful time. And then uh, last night uh, was potpourri again of some sort, and it was a mixture of kind of like nets for the harvest and me kind of releasing a more of a declarative word that the door of the harvest is now open and uh, mingled in with uh, some uh, church history overview of different waves and moves of the Spirit throughout uh, periods of time. And then I touched into five historical characteristics of revival and three preliminary stages. I also touched in... I reviewed a little of what I had brought two years ago when I did Faith for the Changing Room on the issues of 10 steps of transition. So last night was probably about three messages all kind of like thrown in together into one. And that's kind of where I'm at again tonight to try to wrap some things up. So this morning, I called this morning though Hope Ambassadors, but it was a very sensitive, transparent time. And there was a lot of uh, weeping, presence of the Lord, touching some people in a very wonderful and deep ways. And uh, actually, I, I was just really thankful for your, trans, your receiving me in a sometimes raw and transparent place. And uh, to, for me to be able to do that, I have to feel safe. Because I don't do that, see, because it's inappropriate or I don't feel safe because I'm giving you some of my treasures that are very close to me and some things I'm still working through. And so this morning, we went through some, I call it windows of transparency. And so for those of you who are out there and just learning some things of the ways of the Spirit, I don't always go through windows of transparency. Sometimes it's like a menu option on a computer uh, screen, and you take your little pointer, or it's called cursor, and you bring it up there, and then there's a menu option that comes down. And so, yes, God sovereignly guides you, and yet at the same time, you have free choice, because there's both two sides of the Spirit, two sides of the sword of the Spirit, and so there's two edges of cutting truth. One is God's sovereign, and the other is free choice. Which is it? Calvinism or Arminianism? I'm a Carminian. Okay? And, uh, you know, and so God honors free will, and yet at the same time he has his sovereign will. And, uh, and so I often get caught in the, the tensions of being a person of trying to wed together multiple truths. And, um, and so there's, for me, there's the whole teacher, systematic, you know, logical, uh, you know, manner. And then there's this creative, combustive, spontaneous, wild, goofy, nutty, and absent-minded professor <laughs> or something <laughs> that shows up. And, and then I shift back over here. And, uh, and so we're all wired differently. 
And, uh, and I have discovered that in flowing in the Holy Spirit, by the way, this is not my subject for tonight. I'm just I'm tossing this out because I see, a, I, see the, I see a menu out here in front of me, so I'm going by my menu. And um, so I'm actually talking out of a vision. So now that's the teacher part of me, see, that's explaining the revelatory realm. And so, you, so the reason I'm man meandering like I am is because I'm caught in a vision of seeing the computer readout screen. And there's a menus in here. And you take your pointer, which is your cursor, or in a sense, that's your direction. And you go up there and you pull it down. And what's fascinating, though, and these ways of God is that there's actually optionals, options in here. There's a menu option, and you, sometimes you get to read it. Sometimes. Sometimes you don't have a clue what you're doing. And that is really the way it works. But there is often options. And one of the options sometimes is a window of transparency. You're always risking if you go there. But we did go there at times this morning. I shared some really personal stuff. But I have found this. If that window of transparency is in the menu option and you go there, there can actually be a higher level of impartation that goes beyond information. Because people relate to not to someone who's perfect. They relate to someone who is also on a journey like them. And so even though I've been in full-time vocational ministry for uh, 39 years, something of that nature, because I started out when I was just graduated you know, from college and I went immediately into ministry after the age of 21, and I'm 60 now, that I've seen a lot, I've tasted a lot, but in reality, I have not yet seen the fulfillment of the, many of the dreams and the visions that I have received. And so I'm just like you. I'm like you. I have the promises of the word of God, and then I have the revelatory promises that are spoken to me to where the Logos becomes a raiment, becomes spoken, or maybe it's a dream, a vision, or maybe it's a prophecy. Maybe it was a visitation. And so I'm going to explains something it's like here we have on one side promise revealed and over here on the other side we have what's called promise manifested or promise fulfilled and in between promise revealed and promise fulfilled there is something called until <laughs> really profound. And that deals with transition. Until even God himself has chosen to live in, in certain dimensions in some until clauses. And say, that does not sound like good theology. Oh, yeah. Isaiah 62, to give you an example, verse 6 and 7. I have set watchmen on the walls who will give themselves no rest and give him no rest. 
until promise, Jerusalem is established as a praise in the earth. Has Jerusalem been established as a praise in the earth yet? Not fully. It has been the most contested city in all of history. And it is to this day. The most contested history in world history. But God says, I have set watchmen on the walls who will give themselves no rest and give me no rest until Jerusalem is established as a praise in the earth. So God himself, in one sense, puts almost like a limitation because God could do it all without us. But he has chosen not to. He has chosen to call us and to his field with him to be a co-laborer with him. So last night, we talked about the harvest, and I gave two invitations last night, which I honestly have never done before, even though it was very simple. I gave a, in talking about the door to the harvest being opened, and so I'm just reviewing some things for you, for those who maybe haven't been at other sessions, or then to help refresh and renew so I can, because I'm building on all that I've done so far. I'm trying to build. And so um, there's promise revealed, promise fulfilled, but then there is this until clause in between. Now, sometimes the until clause is a half second long. Sometimes it's 2,000 years. The book of Revelations at the end says, come quickly, even Lord Jesus. Hmm. So maybe we have to get a def different definition of what quickly means. <laughs> quickly with God might mean 2,000 years because a day with the Lord is as 1,000 years, so maybe quickly is two days long. <laughs> oh, well, I'm just messing with you. No, I'm not. I'm trying to explain some ways of the Spirit because we live in tensions of until. And this is so important what happens in the until. Because in the until clause, it is what will unlock the future destiny of those who just celebrate the God of yesterday, those who celebrate the God of tomorrow, and those who reach, honor the past, project to the future, and then bring the future into their now. And bring the future into their now. Because now faith is the evidence of things not yet seen. The evidence of things hoped for that are not seen. But the, the reality is not yet seen. They will be seen. Okay, so that's a little review from some of the time that we've had together. I left out a couple of points, but that's okay. It was pointless. <laughs> and if you can't have fun doing this, just go home. <laughs> okay, and since, okay, anyway. <laughs> so by the way, I, I, I want to help you understand, if you've never met Joshua Mills before, he's a total delight, whether he's here or one of the other places in ministry in the Adelaide area, take advantage of that. I know Joshua, I know his wife Janet, and know their son, 
and he has a high-level revelatory gift that at times, he doesn't always, but at times he goes into and sometimes gets the realm of details like addresses, birth dates, social security numbers, or whatever. I mean, he just has a Rolex that rolls out in front of him. He has actually like a teleprompter, a Holy Spirit teleprompter at times. I'm telling his secret right now. I don't have one. I wish I did. <laughs> okay. Not fair, not fair, not fair. So he has a little teleprompter that shows up in front of him, and he just reads what's on it. Crap. <laughs> Good day, mate. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel things. I mean, you know. I feel people's woes, I feel their happiness, I feel the thickness in the room, I feel the darkness, I feel the agony, I feel the ecstasy. That's why I'm all over the place. <laughs> now, now you understand me. Okay, all right. So, okay, so Father, I thank you for this time tonight. I ask that you help me to, to find the right targets to throw my darts at. <laughs> <laughs> right over there. There's a real good one right back here. Yo, yeah, yippee. Uh, that one didn't hit. Okay. It's, it's not sticking over on that side. What is that? What's wrong? I mean, it's sharpened my point a little. Okay, that's right. There we go. Before Toronto ever broke out, maybe you've heard me tell the story. Before Toronto broke out, I was in the area nine weeks before ministering at another vineyard in the area. And everything was happening. John Arnott heard about what was going on. He came over. Larry Randolph, Mark DuPont, and they all came to the meetings. People were rolling on the walls, and they were rolling on the floor. And, and it was just like, wow. I mean, this was nine weeks pre-Toronto. And I go, God, how come Randy Clark got all the act? for all of this and and then he showed me he said have you ever heard of anything called Braxton Hicks <laughs> that's a woman who's pregnant and she has contractions and that but it you think it's going to lead to the birth but it actually didn't but the Holy Spirit has spoken to me he said it all counts it all adds up and it all counts and he, so he, what he showed me was that what I was doing was Braxton Hicks. <laughs> we'll poop on that. No. <laughs> I'm really being nice. I'll give Martin a lot of stuff to get a pooper scooper out to clean up after I leave. Okay. <laughs> oh, well, so anyway, so when, whenever What's-His-Name shows up from Canada, you know, on that Wednesday night, it'd be a good idea to come. You know, <laughs> whatever his name is. The guy with the teleprompter. <laughs> Joshua, that's it. <laughs> oh, God, help me. <laughs> I got weeks more of this stuff to do. Have mercy. Shady, bitty, buddy, 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 okay. Okay, so I'm going to finish part of what I touched into last night and was dealing with different waves of the Spirit. 
And, I, and so I'm not going to review all of what I shared last night. I already have mentioned some of it. But five historic characteristics of revival, passionate denunciation of sin, a revelation of God's holiness, a deep awareness of the love and mercy of God, a heightened consciousness of, a, of eternity, and five, experiential uh, conviction of sin. And in three preliminary stages of classic characteristics of revivals, or I could even say of consecutive moves of God, and they are, can be, one, an intense hunger for change, two, prayer to God to change things, and in three, networking towards unity. Now, we can miss the major moves of God by not appreciating and participating in the little things in God. Do not look over the days of small beginnings. Give yourself to the Lord and to his purposes in your generation. Making it personal, how did it all begin with you anyway? I think someone just asked that question. Do you remember what things were like when you first met Jesus? Or perhaps the new page when you were baptized or filled with the Holy Spirit and when you, or when you stepped into the river for the first time. Everything was new. Your Bible was new. Your heart was new. Worship was electric, even if the guitars were out of tune. You saw nature through God's eyes. People were moving targets for displays of the lavish love of God, and all things were new. Does anybody remember anything like that? For me, it was when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. It was just like, whoa, you know? Then you grew up. You began to become hardened. Perhaps a spiritual leader hurt you. Perhaps you were part of a group that went into excess or even error. Or maybe you've become a good observer today who sits and watches others play, and you give a scorecards on the latest sermon prayer meeting, or emphasis of the Holy Ghost, or worship CD. And now perhaps you now sit on the sidelines and warm the seat of the scoffer. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm going to try to find something. It's in my Bible somewhere. I'm like the writer of the book of Hebrews. Somewhere in the volume of the book it says, Somewhere I have something in here. Where is it? Kari, body, yadi, yadi, yadi. Where are you? Oh, well, I can't find it. It's a card that I have. Is that one it? Nope. Okay, I'm not finding it. That's okay. Someone gave me a card. See, and what I was referring to, it's sort of like being at the Olympics. And we start judging everything. And we go, the worship was at 3.2. The sermon was a 5. The hospitality was a minus 1. Penalty on that. Children's ministry, oh, (laughs) 2. Youth group, 7. And we have scorecards. You with me? We need to get rid of that. Because the reality is, it's not how well we perform. 
It's whether our heart is engaged. Because it's where two or three are led together in his name, there he is in our midst, whether we feel him or not. He's there. And assembling together is so important. And, and people coming together from many different flavors of the body of Christ is so important. These are celebration gatherings of our, of our unity in the faith in the man Christ Jesus. And so, one time someone made me a little, little card, gave it to me. I actually have it somewhere, but I can't find it. And, and, they, and they gave it to me, and it was one of these cards, and they said, you're a 10. I keep that with me, and I just can't find it right now. But I'm a 10. I'm a 10. You're a 10. You hear me? You're a 10. Do you get, do you get where I'm, what I'm doing? Not because your performance is so great, but because God's love is so outrageous. See, you, did you find, did you notice where the anointing was? I mean, the anointing was probably over all the music. Do you know where the anointing was sitting on? Oh, how he loves me. He loves me. He loves me. Such simple truth. And the anointing sat all over that. I couldn't resist to get up here, you know, and do my soprano falsetto. <laughs> so, okay. Then you grew up. You begin to become hardened. Perhaps a spiritual leader hurt you. Perhaps you were part of a small group that went into excess or even error. Maybe you've become a good observer today who sits and watches others at play while you give your scorecards of the latest sermon, prayer meeting, or emphasis of the Holy Ghost, or worship CD, and now perhaps you sit on the sidelines and warm the seat of the scoffer. The primary issue is the condition of one's heart. Yes, we must fight to maintain a childlike heart that trusts and believes and is awed by the moves of God's delightful presence. In the natural, in between the waves of the ocean, there is often debris that is washed upon the shores. Then it becomes cleanup time. Catching and surviving every wave. I felt I, I wanted, to, I, I touched into this and I wanted to complete this. In between waves, see, a tide or a wave comes in, and then it subsides. It's the way it works. Then in between, there's crap all over the place. I've used that word more in this church than I've used in all the rest of my life. There's stuff. There's debris. <laughs> I'm absolved, because I'm a 10. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then in between the waves, what happens? It's cleanup time. Often it is that way in the moves of the Spirit as well. It's fun riding the waves, but in between there can be a lot of junk to deal with. But I've learned that it's necessary to both have the delightful times and the mundane times as well. We do move from glory to glory, 
as he becomes the prize of our life and the object of our heart's true devotion. And as I have studied the moves of God and often gotten out my spiritual surfboard to catch a few waves myself, I have found some common traits in the cycles of catching and surviving every wave. So let me share a few of these survivor skills with you to aid you in your journey. In the beginning. In your beginning. Whenever was your beginning. For some of you, this is a beginning for you. It was just wonderful at the young adult meeting on Friday night. Some of the young people were getting touched by the power of the Holy Spirit for the first time in their life. It was just, it's just, I love it. It's so delightful. And then I love getting touched again and again and again. And it's like every time I get touched, it's like, it's almost like it's new every time, see? But in the beginning, whenever you, you, you sense that, for me, it was more like when I got filled with the Holy Spirit. That's when there was just like this, my black and white TV screen turned to omnivision overnight, okay? And that's when like things went like, wow, whoa. This is amazing. I read it. It reads me. Woo! This thing is alive. It's lethal. Wow. <laughs> By the way, now I remember. I was telling a story about being in Toronto. Toronto. And it was nine weeks before Randy Clark went there. And all this stuff was happening at this vineyard. It was, it was a different vineyard. And I'm, you know doing whatever and God was just showing up like crazy and I pulled out my John Wayne anointing okay that means I have a gun and I was going and people were like flying and rolling and it was like people were getting blasted and I was like this was really cool I mean single shot double barrel was even better you know and then I started keep doing it and nothing was happening and I was like What's the deal? I don't get it. I did this, then you it was like, I mean, stuff was actually happening, you know? And then I was like, and I was still doing it, and nothing was going on. And I'm like, and I'm like well, what's up? You know? Now, I'm not saying this to people, but I'm just telling you behind the scenes what was going on inside of me. And so then I looked up, and in the spirit, I saw a revolver. And it was out of bullets. And then I just saw more bullets get put in it. The, the thing went back in, and then I started going, then it started happening. It started happening all over again. So the, the, the moral of the story is, make sure your gun is loaded. <laughs> Some of you don't get it. <laughs> Anyway, I like it. (laughs) Always have extra bullets handy. Oh, God, help me. Uh, I'm not a heretic. (laughs) Oh, well, moving on. Okay, I think I'll stick to my notes. <laughs> so how do, how your your beginnings and we have many have different places of beginnings and we have new beginnings. Well, how do you begin? You begin in unfeigned zeal. I mean, you're just zealous, and you start with fresh faith, and you start by counting the cost 
and not looking back. I mean, you'll give up anything. You'll even give up your girlfriend. I'm serious. You put your hand to the plow, you look straight forward, you don't look over your shoulder, and you count all things as loss for the joy of the prize that is set before you. That's how you begin. That is an authentic beginning. Zeal, fresh faith, counting the cost and not looking back. Now, that's the way it is for individuals. Now, listen to me. It's also that way for churches, ministries, and cities, and even these principles can be true for nations. And they're true for moves of God. You're full of zeal. You're full of fresh faith. You count the cost. No, actually, you don't have a clue what the cost is. You're inebriated. You don't have a clue. But you're just willing to go for it. And you really don't know what it's going to cost. That's the truth. But you don't care because you're so drunk. (laughs) So the second moral of the story is, get drunk. (laughs) Out. Okay. I got caught on some religious spirit right there. I mean, you know, I was like, I started offending myself. <laughs> oh, God, help me. In between the waves, remember what happens? Now, now watch this. A wave, or it'd be better to call it a tide. A tide comes in, and then the tide subsides. And then what happens in between? <laughs> I like you. You've been listening. You're living in an untell clause, and there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of junk, debris. It's up on the shore, and some of it's your junk that you didn't know you had. Some of it's someone else's. Some of it's church junk. Uh oh. I don't know if that was like, oh, me, or like, yes, I bear witness right now. (laughs) I think somebody's getting a witness on that one right now. It's church junk. (laughs) There's junk in the trunk. (laughs) Oh. Oh, this is an X-rated movie tonight. <laughs> All in free. Okay. Ah. I think if I do this long enough, I'll get a hair growth anointing. 
And then I could show up next Sunday because that guy only ministers to people with dreads. <laughs> and when you get inebriated, you too can act like this. <laughs> I think this is Comedy Central tonight. Christian Comedy Central. <laughs> But the problem is, I'm the comedian. Oh, well. Okay, moving on. Find my notes so they're safe. Okay, my notes. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> my notes, yes. My notes are really good. I work really hard on this stuff, by the way. <laughs> That's why I write books. <laughs> I'm sane in my books. <laughs> really, 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 really. I mean, they're really studious and full of other wonderful, glorious things. Okay, now. Oh, please. Okay. Start with zeal, fresh faith, counting the cost. Don't know really what you're doing, but you count the cost and you don't look back. And that is the truth. And in between the waves, there's junk on the shore. (laughs) Dude, I feel like singing a really bad song right now. (laughs) Oh, God, help me, please. I want to get out of town and safely, okay? Okay. And in between the waves, there's junk. I'm stuck on junk. I'm stuck on junk. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> if my late wife was here, she'd be pulling out her hair. <laughs> I actually should be yanking my chain. <laughs> wait just wait It'll, you'll understand one of these days <laughs> you'll get it one of these days Not, you, there's no way you can get it until later you know anyway. <laughs> do you have a chain <laughs> Forget it. <laughs> Please. Oh, shut. <laughs> they didn't have a clue what I was talking about. I'll, I'll talk over here. There's grown adults that have been married for a while. Okay. <laughs> now, has any of you ever prayed and said, God, use me? Okay, let me see your hand. Wave your hand. Anybody ever said that? God, use me. So here's what happens. God turns to people and he says, use them. You don't believe me? If you've been in church long enough, you know it's true. And you say, God use me, or in moves of the Spirit, you say, God use me. And so God turns to someone and he uses them to answer your prayers. And they use you. 
They might abuse you, <laughs> but they will use you. Now, and in between the waves, there's junk on the shore. So how do you go from one wave to the next? Because in a tide, and I'm mixing metaphors here, tides and waves, that in a tide, when a tide comes in, and then when it subsides and it goes back out, there is what's called an undertow. And so some of the water that went back out actually circulates back in and becomes a part of the next wave or the next tide. And one of my goals in life, in ministry, has been to catch and survive every wave. But I've learned that there's an art in doing this. Because it isn't all of the water from the tide that comes in and goes back out. Some of it just goes back out. And that's the way it is in, in movements, in church history. And some people become stewards, and it's, maybe it's okay, maybe it's their calling. I, 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 I question it, though. And often that, that they get stuck in yesterday's move. And they become a parked car in a cul-de-sac of yesterday's movement. And they get into their car, they turn the wheel, and they act like they're going somewhere. And they're really not. Now, they're stationary, and they're safe, and that's good. And they still obviously have their salvation, and, and they have their testimony, and they have their experience up to that point. But it takes keys. It takes keys. It takes keys to get going. It takes keys for the energy, the movement, the flow, the anointing, the movement to start up again. You have to have keys. You have to have keys. So I'm going to give you what are some keys then to go from one wave to the next because in between the waves, have anybody here ever been a part of a previous move of God? Were any of you here old enough to remember something called the charismatic movement? Wave your hand. It was more of a teaching movement and a restoring of, in particular, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then there comes then other waves, and I talked about some of this in some of the other, you know, the other night. And there came the Jesus people in the, in the heels of the charismatic. And there came then the the third wave movement with signs and wonders, less emphasis on speaking in tongues and more emphasis upon healing. And then, then there comes another wave, and it's the prophetic. The problem is we're supposed to maintain what we have attained while we keep moving forward into the next consecutive moves. But the problem often is, is that the previous move ends up persecuting the new move. and gets out the Olympic scorecards and go, well, the glory of the, of, the, of the early house was greater. And that would go from like the book of Haggai, and I don't have time to explain all of that, okay? And, and so the early and the latter reigned, the early and the latter house. And there, it is like that. And now, now listen to this, okay? This might not be popular teaching, but I found it to be true. There are wet seasons and there are dry seasons. I feel like I've said this here before. 
But there are wet seasons and there are dry seasons in God. That, that one didn't go over real good. <laughs> the wet seasons are when all the gifts are given, everything's wonderful, it's everything's green, and then there's dry seasons. The wet seasons are when, I'm just, I'm, this is just a very simple terminology definition. Wet seasons are when gifts are given, dry seasons is when character is formed. And that's the until clause. And you're walking through the until because the until is actually important because character is getting formed to be able to carry the gift. But gifts are free. Character isn't. Gifts are free. Character grows. And we need to go for the double. And a lot of people are like into, I'm going for the double, brother. Okay, well, good, but I want to tell you what I understand the, the double is. There's nine gifts, but there's also nine fruit. Nine is finality and completeness. And so going for the double, in a sense, could be, yeah, it's double power, but, dude, it's dangerous to have double power without, without double character. And so the fullness of the double is fullness of gifting with fullness of fruit. But gifts are free and fruit grows. That's, this is ABC Christianity, but it needs to be taught. Now, in between the waves, crap shows up. And we're now caught because we bought in for the movement. Yo's baby, yeah, yes, come on, y'all. It's all yo, yeah, yo, honey, baby, shake it. I'm all shook up. <laughs> ba boom, ba boom, ba boom. I'm all shook up. You don't have a clue. That was Elvis Presley from Memphis, Tennessee. Gosh, I have to educate you guys. Okay, back to my notes. In between the waves, then what do we need to do? To be a part of that current of the water that recirculates and gets to be a part of the next movement. What do we do? One, we walk in forgiveness. Oh, why? Because we prayed God use us and he let people use us. And so we have to walk in forgiveness. Serious, guys. Big time serious about this. Another thing we have to do in between the waves, but we have to do all the time, but especially in between waves, is that we personally, not dependent upon how great your worship leader is at church, we personally must maintain our life of worship, prayer, and devotion to the Word of God. And that's a test. It's a test. Three there comes possible realignment. Because it could be that you've grown as much as you could in that particular setting. Or it might be that that particular church or ministry or whatever goes through a realignment themselves to then come into a, another place of equipping. 
So the word alignment is actually the enormously biblical New Testament terminology. Covering is a term used in the Old Testament, and we do believe in covering. And covering deals with the blood of Jesus. We're covered by the blood of the Lamb. But in the Greek, in Ephesians where it says, and the equipping of the saints, it is a chiropractic word in the Greek, kratokrismo, something like that. I can't remember how you pronounce it. But it means alignment. And so it is important that we then sometimes in between the waves, whether it is a church, a ministry, an individual, or a family, sometimes, not always, but we move in forgiveness, we must maintain a life of worship, prayer, and devotion to the Word, and sometimes there is realignment. Are you with me? And that's what's a lot going on here in this area. There's new identity getting formed. And so there's new alignments that are happening, what? In between the waves. But you know what that does? It postures you to receive the next wave. Thank you. In the beginning, it's characterized, one, by zeal, two, by fresh faith, three, by counting the cost and not looking back. In between the waves, we need to walk in one, forgiveness, two, worship, prayer, devotion to the word, three, possible realignment. And then to be able to move on into that which is new, what must we do? One, we must have an awakened heart. Do you, this is so important. We must have an awakened heart. I'm talking some of us who've been around for a long time. Or we end up becoming the observers, and we're the ones who are wearing the t-shirt that says, been there, done that. And that is a bunch of crap. And that is a person who is a, sitting in a cul-de-sac in yesterday's move. And they have become an observer, and they're no longer a participator. I do not want to be in such a position. I have been through so many waves and so many movements, and I've gone through hurts and abuses and this and that and whatever, but I'm going to tell you something. I have still maintained myself being a committed member of a local body of Christ, and I continue to maintain, and, and, and my alignments do change over time, but I still always give honor to my roots, and what I have been a part of. Honor is, I could put in there, honor is one of the major keys of keeping moving forward. If you honor your father and your mother, and that is principle in the natural, but it's also a principle in the spiritual, you'll have a long life, and things will go well for you. So, in between, we got to move in forgiveness, we got to maintain our life of worship, and devotion to the word of God and prayer, and possibly we go into some, some form of realignment. Then to be able to move on into, what we, into the new, we must, one, have an awakened heart. Around three years ago, something of that nature, I was ministering in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, one of Randy Clark's Global Awakening Conferences. And I was supposed to go teach at his school before the conference was starting. 
his ministry is called Global Awakening. And in that morning, I had a dream. And in this dream, in the dream, I had two hands that showed up before me. And somehow or another, in this dream, I knew it was like the Matrix movie, okay? You guys remember, though, that trilogy of movies some of you do? You guys watch movies? I watch movies, okay? I own more movies than all of you, okay? I, use, I have Netflix, okay? Yeah, well, maybe you don't know what Netflix is. Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> I like movies. They, it's television. <laughs> a field of dreams. Okay, moving on. Gladiator. How about that one? Okay. Oh well. <laughs> oh Jesus. God. A river ran through it. Oh, okay. Anyway. <laughs> but, but I had two fists like this and I knew it was really important which hand I chose and I had to choose in this dream which hand and I'm actually praying in tongues in the dream and I'm asking for help on which hand to choose the right or the left and remember in the Matrix movie some of you who remember that there was I think a green and a a blue was it, what is it? Thank you. I was just checking it out. Red and a blue pill, okay? And they had to choose which one. Remember, this dream was like that. And my fists are turned, and I go, uh, 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 I choose the right hand. This is all prophetic language. I choose the right hand. Right deals with him who sits at the right hand of God. Right, choosing right, choosing righteousness. And in the dream, my fist turns over like this. It opens up, and there's a pill in my hand. It's a white pill. White deals with purity and righteousness. I take it up here to my mouth, and I'm about to eat the pill. This is like in the book of Jeremiah, where he eats the scroll, okay? To give you a little bit of biblical understanding that this isn't just, I wasn't just eating pickles and ice cream. <laughs> I wasn't pregnant either. <laughs> oh gosh, that was bad. So I bring it up here, and I can read a word right when I'm going to put it in my mouth. I could read a word that was written on the white pill. It said, I ate it, and it said, awake. The moment I ate the pill called awake, I woke up out of my dream. I woke up the instant I, instant I ate the pill called awake, I woke up. And I woke, and I actually had slept late. And I woke up just in time to get to my appointment at Global Awakening. <laughs> it was nice that I ate the pill. <laughs> well, what are some of the conditions that are necessary in order to move forward? You have to have an awakened heart. Some of us have gone through so much 
that we actually get. I've studied the heart and the different words that are used in the Bible to describe the heart. They'll call it a dull heart, a soft heart, a heart of stone, a heart of flesh. But another one of the things is it can be a teachable heart, a dull heart. It can be an awakened heart. Someone, everybody just put your hand on your heart right now. I speak over your heart right now in the name of Jesus. That there would be like Holy Spirit jumper cables go onto your heart right now and jumpstart your hearts so that they will be awakened hearts because this is the commodity that is necessary to go from one move of God to the next. I speak, wake up. I say, wake up. I speak to our hearts. I speak awakenings in the name of Jesus. I say, wake up. I say, let our hearts beat again with passion and zeal and love. I just say, awake. Just say the word awake over your own hand, over your own heart right now. Just say, awake, awake, oh heart. Now, I want you to just tell the Lord in your own words that you want an awakened heart. Just tell him. Just say, God, I need my heart awakened. And some of you might get it awakened for the first time, and it'll be like all things are new. Lord, I just speak right now, awakened hearts, awakened hearts. I speak awakened hearts, awakened hearts. Lord, give awakened hearts for such a time as this. God, on me, I ask for an awakened heart. That I won't just go to the gathering or the meeting or just live through life just just mundanely. But with expectancy, a happy anticipation that something good is just about to happen. That's the word hope. Something good is just about to happen. And so I speak awakened hearts, awakened hearts, awakened hearts. I just speak awakened hearts right now, right now. Lord, I speak awakened hearts over me, over these dear people. Lord, for us and for the sake of the spheres of authority and those in our lives, and in our family lines, I say, wake up, O heart, and be used to help bring another awakening in the name of Jesus. I say, not only for your own sake, but have an awakened heart. If you can't just see it for your own self, get a vision because your awakened heart will help awaken other people's hearts. Because an awakened heart is one of the most contagious commodities in the kingdom of God. Is an awakened heart. Shaba. I say, awake, O heart. I say, let your heart be so awakened that it will be like all things are new. All things are new. An awakened heart. Put your hand right on your heart, sweetie. What's your name? 
Lord, I just speak over Taryn in the name of Jesus. It's going to be almost like as though it's all new. It's like a new start. And it's going to be like a fresh start. I speak fresh start, fresh start, fresh start over you. Like a fresh start, a fresh start, a fresh start, a fresh start. And you don't have to be in the shadow of your father and your mother. It's your own. You have your own call. You have your own gift. You have your own anointing. You have your own gift, your own call, your own anointing. You have your own gift, your own call, your own anointing. And you're getting jump-started into it right now. You're getting jump-started into it right now for yourself. It's your own. It's your own. It's your own. You have your own prayer anointing. You are going to displace this present darkness just by the light that you carry in the name of Jesus. I just speak it over her, over Taryn. Taryn, over Taryn, over Taryn in the name of Jesus. And so, Lord, just around the room, wake up hearts. Wake up my heart. Do you understand? Just by walking through life's circumstances, sometimes we get what's called hard hearts. Okay, so wait. One of the conditions that's necessary to continue to move forward is have an awakened heart. A second thing that is so important is Cultivating a love for adventure. Bye. I mean, this an awakened heart. Now listen, all dogs can learn new tricks if you have a love for an adventure. You understand? I mean, it's like there's things I haven't seen. There's things I've not experienced. I want to be a person that's got a constant love for adventure. My mama used to say, we had two older sisters, and I was the youngest, and I was the only son. And I used to be, she would say, I was the most curious of all the kids. And I would ask all the questions. I'd say, Mama, where did babies come from? Okay? You got to have, like, be curious. One of the keys of moving in the Holy Spirit is constantly asking questions. How did that happen? Why did that happen? Why did it happen to that person? What's the keys to unlock, to turn it on? Ask questions, ask questions, ask questions, ask questions. But one of the major things of keeping moving forward is having an awakened heart. But another one is a love for adventure. I'm serious. A love for adventure. And even sometimes in the natural, not just in the spiritual. I mean, some of you need to go get a motorcycle and go... I've never read that book, Wild of Heart, but I live it. I mean, I went skydiving. I went, like, parasailing not long ago. I'd never parasailed in my life. I was scared of heights. Then I said, crap on it. And I flew. Oh, I flew. I flew. I went, whoa. And I went, ah, whoa. As long as I looked up, it was, oh. And when I went down, with ah. But I sure had an adventure. And when they reeled me in, I was hard to reel in because I just kept going back out. <laughs> oh, God. So you've got to have an awakened heart. You have to have a cultivate a love for adventure 
And get this, you have to have anticipation. An awakened heart, cultivating a love for adventure. I'll tell you a story. It's only 20 after 6. <laughs> You're starting to learn my lines. Somewhere in the world. <laughs> This is an older story. This story is eight years old. My daughter, who's 22, my youngest, was 14. I'm only at home maybe one weekend a month because I travel so much and I have for years. And so I'm at home, and when I'm at home, I just kind of want to be at home, okay? And so I was attending our, the local church that we've been, our family, you know, been a part of for, for 12 years. And uh, my daughter, Rachel, comes up to me, and she says, Daddy, now when they do that, you're in trouble. (laughs) Particularly if they have a certain look. And she goes, Daddy. And she's really got the little southern charm thing down on top of it. Okay? That's double bad. And she goes, Daddy. And I go, What? Would you go to the New Age Fair with me this afternoon? And I'm going, honey, this is the only Sunday I'm home. I want to go watch football. (laughs) I mean, that's what I wanted to do. And she says, Daddy, the youth group's got a, a booth there. We're called the Gold Diggers. And we dig for gold in people's lives. At the New Age Fair. Says, Daddy. (laughs) And you just melt. You know. And that's kind of the way the Holy Ghost is with you. He says, Hey, baby. (laughs) Hey, good looking. What you got cooking? How about cooking something up with me? (laughs) hey hey good looking what you got a cooking how about cooking something up with me (laughs) I could put my little country twang into it and do a little yodel too Jesus what am I doing you got to have a love for adventure, have an anticipation. Okay, now, where was I? Okay, oh, yeah. So she says, Daddy, would you go with me to the New Age Fair? And I'm going to do my typical thing. I was like, And then the Holy Spirit whispers to me, and he says, If you'll go with your daughter to the New Age Fair, I'll give you a chapter to a new book. And I go, Oh! Really, is that right? If I go with her to the New Age, you'll give me a chapter to a new book. See, he's a great fisherman, and he's always, and there's this bait that comes along. 
and some of it just goes right by you. And then there's the ones that, that's like, are the, 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 they're, they're like what you like to eat. And you go, <laughs> did, did you get that? <laughs> and he knows exactly what bait it is that you like. And he knows how to reel you in. So he speaks to me literally and he says to me, he says, if you'll go with your daughter to the New Age Fair, he says, I'll give you a chapter to a new book. I don't tell her what he says. I says, honey, what time is it? Well, I'm ready to go right now. I mean, you know, where, where is it? <laughs> so I go with her. They've got the booth over here. There's got the tarot cards over here. There's the shaman reader thing. There's the crystal ball reader here. And over there, there's something else. There's something else. There's all this stuff. And there's the wannabes, and then there was the real ones. Most of the wannabes were burnout church people who wanted to experience the power of God. Didn't experience the power of God in their church. So they go to the New Age because mm, they experienced... Mm, yeah. So Rachel's out being the Holy Ghost Scout. She's praying in tongues through the whole New Age fair in Nashville. She learned this stuff from me. And she's finding culprits that she thinks is right. And she would go up to them and, and then say, them, hey, I want you to bring you over here. And she would make friends with somebody and bring them over. And I'm, I'm being Clark Kent the whole time. I'm sitting behind the table. There's the teenagers there. And they're doing their reads and their dream interpretation or their free healings or whatever that is that they're doing and then the people would sit on the other side of the table and i'm being clark kent do you understand clark kent and superman okay so i'm being clark kent and i'm just holding back and watching them and just being an old grouch and no i mean i'm being a papa allison i'm being a papa and then all of a sudden rachel brings this young man he sits there across from me and i go oh oh my Wow, his name is Valentine. I go, whoa, he's 17 years old. I mean, my lights went on, okay? And I, go, and I turned to them, I said, hey, guys, uh, by the way, I'd like to play right now. <laughs> I'd like to be a part of the game. And, uh, and I unzipped my Clark Kent suit, and I mean, <laughs> Superman showed up. <laughs> do, 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 Avengers! Captain America, the Hulk. And now you're anointed. You were Clark Kent before. You're an observer. And then, wow. So, I actually get up from the side of the table. I go and I kneel by this young guy. You weren't supposed to do that. And I say, you've never been to church before in your life. I said, you're 17 years old. Your name is like Valentine, Valentino. And I said, you've been involved in something that's like a, a new age, like cult. Da, 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 da. I said, you have a girlfriend, you're sleeping with her, and all this kind of stuff. And he's looking at me, and he's going. And I'm hoping half of it is true. <laughs> I turned to one of the young guys sitting at the table, and I said, hey, I feel like you're supposed to come over here, and you're supposed to pray for him. He comes over there. This guy stands over him. This other 17-year-old young guy, and amazingly anointed in the prophetic, stands over him, starts weeping. And he says, I want you to pretend like this is the voice, that my voice will be the voice of God the Father speaking to you. And he says to him, I want you to forgive me that your earthly father did not represent me well. This kid starts sobbing. 
weeping, snot coming down his nose like that. I mean, in the New Age Fair, it was really amazing. And everything shifts in the place. Tarot card readers couldn't do their stuff anymore. Crystal balls couldn't read. I mean, it's all like shutting down like crazy. And then, and then I'm back here sitting in my chair again. I lean in. This young kid is now having a father-God encounter. He's getting the power of the Holy Spirit. He starts shaking, and then his extremities start turning, his hands, arms, start turning blue and cold. And I look at this, and I go, oh, I've been around this before, and I knew it was demonic spirits that were manifesting in the New Age Fair. And so I just, I didn't shout it then and said, you spirit of witchcraft, I come against you now. No, that isn't what I did. I just kind of leaned in, and I did displacement, and I released the power of the presence of God that was within me that radiates, and I released it to, to displace the power of darkness that was on him. So this kid starts having a, a father encounter with God. He gets delivered of demons right on sight. I, I just like say, and I'm just like whispering quietly said, occult, witchcraft, death wish, rejection, drugs, immorality, and this stuff, and this stuff is just like leaving him. So I'm looking at this and I'm going, huh, he's having a father encounter, he's getting delivered, he's experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit, and so I just say to him, I think he gets saved. I turned to the person, I said, so say this after me. I said, Jesus, Jesus, I believe you're God's son, I believe you're God's son. I mean, the guy is just like lit up like crazy. So I'm looking at this, this all happens like now real fast. I can't even talk it fast enough as how it happened. And so then I said to him, I go, well, what difference does it make? I mean, let's, let's just try this. So I said, a gift of faith came on me, and I said, one, two, three. I say, say this, baptize me, baptize me in the Holy Spirit, in the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, Jesus' name. And then I said, and then I said, speak. And it goes, I mean, just a river flowed out of him. He has a father encounter. He meets Jesus. He gets delivered of demons, and then he starts getting inebriated. And he goes, ah, ah. He says, you're Jesus. He says, I'm getting wasted on Jesus. So I'm getting wasted on Jesus. And now I'm sobbing because that was a title by the, one of the third book I wrote. Was wasted on Jesus. And now I feel like the kid's prophesying to me. And he's like two seconds old and being born again. And he's already prophesying and speaking in tongues. I mean, he has a father encounter. He meets Jesus. He gets baptized in the Holy Spirit. I say, speak. And he goes, then he prophesies. He gets delivered to demons. And I'm going like, this is really awesome, you know. And he got so inebriated, we had to help walk him out of the place. And New Age Fair was shutting down and all that. And I got a chapter to a new book. <laughs> a love for adventures. Did you hear me? An awakened heart, a love for adventure, and anticipation. I was the one that might have been one of the primary people that got the most out of that day. It wrecked me. 
it absolutely wrecked me. So the next time the New Age Fair came around, I had 50 people there. <laughs> we had scriptures in a goldfish bowl. You just pick out one, you get a word from God. We had free healings. I did an angel workshop, and the place was packed. Unlike when I do angel workshops at churches. And because these people, I didn't have to convince them that angels were real because they actually already believed. Uh-huh. And so I'm, at, at the, I'm doing my angel workshop, but I'm not getting too far. It didn't seem like these guys were actually new a, little, a, lot, a fair amount, it seemed like, but from the wrong side, but, but whatever, they still knew stuff. And so then I just say, come Holy Spirit. The, the guy sitting like on the front row right there collapses down on the floor and goes through deliverance for the next six hours at the New Age Fair on an angelic workshop. And then the crystal healers, they take us aside. Some of the team goes to their booth and the crystal healers end up getting saved. But I could have just been a part of a previous move. But to be able to move on, you need to have an awakened heart, a love for adventure, and anticipation. And then as we posture ourselves properly, the cycle begins again. How did it begin to begin? Remember, what was it? Zeal, fresh faith, counting the cost, and not looking back. And then as you move from one wave to the next and one wave to the next and one wave to the next, we posture ourselves properly and the cycle begins all over again. And then here's what it is. One, it's zeal with wisdom. You had zeal to begin, but not with wisdom. It's now zeal with wisdom. Two, it's tried and tested faith. Three, you're looking forward and not over your shoulder because you are not posturing yourself in the attitude, I've already been there, done that, and I've already seen it all. No, no, no. God is good all the time. All things work together for good for those who love God have been called to his purpose. And number three, the best is yet to come. I posture, I try, I try to posture myself to keep moving forward no matter the cost. Do you hear me? I like you. Where, where's his mommy and daddy? Where? Mom? Where, where, what's your name? What? Lindell? What's his name? That's good. <laughs> Did you name him? You named him right because you know this prophetically is the justice generation. That's what this is. That is the distinction and one of the distinctions in this generation. This generation is the justice generation. 
and his feet are going to be shod with the preparations of the gospel of peace. He's going to have a transcultural missionary anointing upon his life, and he will carry the good news with signs and wonders around the world in Jesus' name. So as we posture ourselves properly, the cycle begins again. We move with zeal with wisdom, tried and tested faith, looking forward, not over our shoulder. Lift our vision higher. I challenge leaders around the world, wherever I go, to get God's view on their assignment. Pastor a city, not just your flock. Come shoulder to shoulder with others in your area and just see what the Lord will do. Come lock arms with other leaders and pastors, intercessor, marketplace leaders, and do something together for Jesus' sake. The whole context of the teaching of 1 Corinthians 12 on the body of Christ is not set in the context of one congregation in a city. Remember, it says something like, Can the eye say to the hand, I have no need of you? So can the charismatic hands of healing say to the evangelical shoes of the gospel of peace, I have no need of you? Cal the Calvinist, the Calvinists need the Armenist, and the Pentecostals need the liturgical. We need one another to exhibit the fullness of God's character, God's power, and God's ways. Heaven help us to identify the redemptive gift of God found in each of the tribes in the Lord's body and learn to cooperate with one another. And let us learn to catch and survive every wave of God's amazing spirit in Jesus' name. Yay. A prayer to closing by my notes. We need you, Holy Spirit, to teach us your ways. Guide us in the path of ever-increasing faith, hope, and love for Jesus Christ's sake. Help us to learn from the past and yet receive the next crashing wave of your great presence today. Thank you for teaching us and guiding us into some of the lessons on how to catch and survive every wave in Christ's name. Glory to God. Amen and amen. So I have three things that I know of I want to do now. First is for everyone. It's a question. In evangelical terminologies, we call it an invitation. I want everyone to stand, if you would. I want to thank you for receiving me these last three days. It's been a true delight to be with here with you. I'm so delightful, delighted that the... I'm so delightful. I'm a 10. I'm so delightful. I'm inebriated, and I'm delightful. <laughs> oh, God. Jesus. Mary. Whoever. No. Erase the board. 
and I am delighted to be here in Adelaide, a place that has birthed movements. And so I have a very simple word to give to you in Adelaide. Now listen to this. It's a very simple word. I've only said this one other time in all of my ministry career. Don't just catch a wave. Make a wave. Don't just catch a wave. Make a wave. I got to say it again. Don't just catch a wave. Make a wave. Make a wave. Make a wave. Make a wave. Because the door of the harvest is now open. So, in a general manner, my basic question to you is, no matter how old you are, how much experience that you have or you do not have, that is not the issue. The issue is, are you willing to move forward from where you are into the unknown of tomorrow? Because that is what it is. It's the unknown. And if you are willing to say, I want to catch and survive every wave, I want to be a part of that undertow that gets to be a part of the next wave. I want to keep moving forward. If that's you, I just want you to do just that wave offering kind of thing to the Lord right now, right where you're at. And just say to the Lord. Now, I want you to talk to him, and if you could, or if you want to hoot or holler, I don't care. But just tell him what it is right now that's on your heart. Just tell him, I don't want to be a parked car in yesterday's move of God. I want to keep moving forward. I want keys. Now, remember some of the keys? Forgiveness, worship, and sometimes new alignment. I gave you some keys. But right now, Lord, I ask that you look around the auditorium and those who might listen later by CD or MP3 or by video, and I ask that you look upon their lives right now as even as they signify that they don't want to stop. They want to keep moving forward. They want to keep moving forward. Now, I want you to just tell that in your own words to the Lord right now. Just tell him in your own words. I want to keep moving forward. I'm going to keep my hand to the plow. I'm going to look straight ahead. I'm not going to look over my shoulder. If you need to say, oh, I need an awakened heart, tell him you need an awakened heart. I speak over you right now a love for adventure in the name of Jesus. The Lord's going to release creative concepts, creative ways, and some of it's even going to be a natural, something fun to do. I mean, some of you might go skydiving or something. I mean, I really don't know. But it's going to do something in you to help you have a youthful 
adventurous heart. You know something I am going to do? I sang when I was three years old, and I was a part of a, a choreographed, I did the arrangement of the music for a group called The Seekers, and then I was a part in the early Jesus People movement of a trio called Light of the Day, but we never did any recordings. We were at the brink of doing a recording. I'm 60 years old. I went and I heard Tony Bennett sing at 84 years old, perfect pitch, he stepped to the edge of Tennessee, you know, Performing Arts Center because it's got perfect acoustics, had, didn't have his piano and his stand-up bass and all the stuff playing. He goes up there and he sings some amazing song that modulated all over the place. And it was absolutely amazing because he just wanted to hear because it was perfect. And he said it was the best auditorium that he had sung in that was east of the Mississippi River in the United States. That's saying a whole lot. After all, it is Music City, USA. And so I'm listening. I'm going, Tony Bennett, you're 84 years old. And then I'm at a Women on the Front Lines conference. I'm hiding under the front pew because, I mean, there was so freaking much presence, I was scared, okay? And it was just like Heidi Baker was there and Gwen Shaw and Patricia King and all and Stacy Campbell was shoo, 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 and, and all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm, I helped found this whole thing. And I'm hiding under the, the there. And the Holy Spirit says to me, he says, you want an adventure? I said, yes, I'm bored. <laughs> and so he says to me, he says, you're going to release a music CD. I go, really, at my age? He says, you're going to release a singing CD, a music CD called Inspiration. James W. Gall and Friends. I am planning it. I'm dreaming about it. I'm going to sing a song with my daughter, Rachel. I'm going to sing a song with Julie Meyer from IHOP. I'm going to sing a song with Julie True with Healing Love. I'm going to sing a song with this one and that one. And, and I'm going to do Tony Bennett Inspiration because I'm going to awaken my heart. And I'm going to, I left my heart in Adelaide to be where little cable cars climb halfway to the stars their golden dreams do 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 ba da da do 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 children running across the stage and there's a haze of the glory remaining there 
golden dreams will still be seen. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm serious. I'm so excited about it. I'm so excited. I'm going to go, yo, bo, yo, yeah, man, yeah, bo, so, mo. Anyway, sorry, get back there. Down, boy. Down, 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 boy. Oh, I'm so excited because I'm so bored. Adventure. Adventures in life. Get this. It's adventures in life and adventures in God. It's so important. I, I, I know I'm trying to close shop, okay? But it is so important to have adventures in life and adventures in God. And adventures in life are adventures in God. So maybe next year, oh, I don't even know if I'm coming next year. But anyway, I'm about to prophesy to myself. (laughs) So next year when I come, (laughs) I'll have my inspiration with James W. Gall and friends with me. Okay? Maybe. We'll see. Oh, Jesus, I love this. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is so good. I mean, it's really, really good. I don't know if it's good out there. It's really good right here. It is so good. Oh, I like this. It's so good. I need mean, somebody just get under the spout where the glory comes out. It is so good. Oh, gosh, help. It's so good. <laughs> It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Thank you, God. You're so good. You're so good. You're so good. You're so good. So I released my first invitation. My first invitation (laughs) was for me to sing about Adelaide. (laughs) Oh, I feel like doing it some more. Ah, ah. Okay. Gosh. Ah, It's really hot. My first invitation was if you want to keep moving forward. Would you like to have love adventures for life and adventures in God? And I think most of you said yes. The second thing is, and I need Martin now to help me, I want to quickly lay hands on and pray for an impartation into pastors, and I'm using that in plural, both senior pastors, associate pastors, youth pastors, 
but also senior leaders, bona fide recognized senior leaders of ministries. The reason I say that that way is because if the call was only for pastors, I could not come forward because I'm not a pastor. But I am a senior leader of a ministry. And so walking in integrity, there would be times when they would call forth like the pastors to come up. I actually wouldn't go because I was walking in integrity because I'm not a pastor. I've been one, but I'm not one today. Now, I pastor pastors, though. I pastor pastors all over. And I pastor prophets and I pastor intercessors. Okay, but anyway, so I'd like quickly for the leaders that are recognized in ministry and senior leaders of ministries and they're in church staffs. If you'd quickly just come and line up here up the front, okay? Come on, quickly come. And Martin, if you need to point out some and pull them up, tell them to come up here, then please do, okay? Well, I know it, but you might, they might be like me and go, I don't know if I should, okay? So if there's someone that you know that needs to be up here, then you can we just have some catchers help us out here? Because our pastors also duplicate as our catchers sometimes. So, you know, that'd be great. Some strong, burly young guys. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so line up, please, all along here. And so there's more room down here, okay? So we- hold up your hand if you're here for prayer so I can see. Okay, raise up your hand if you're up here for the prayer so I can understand for sure who you are. Okay, all along here. And then I need some other people to come and be helpers, to come stand behind. If you could put on an instrumental track, and we're not done yet, because after I do this, then we're going to do a fire tunnel. And then these people who have gotten prayed for, they're going to be the fire tunnel. And then all of you get to, then the rest of you all get to come through. You with me? Isn't that good? And I'm now, I'm going to pray for an impartation to catch and survive every wave out of my message. I feel that this message is kind of a culmination of what I've brought to you in these three days that I've been with you. Catching and surviving every wave. So if you can put on like uh, that instrumental track, uh, just music that uh, there was on like last night uh, back there on the, oh, okay, yeah. If you can do that, that would be awesome. Guys that are out here, would you stretch your hand out towards these? Some of these are your leaders. And if you can tur- turn it down just a little. Turn it down just a little. If there, if there if actually is more of a softer track, I would like it. Okay? Or I might like... Boop. No, I can do that. I learned that from my daughter. Yeah. Some, but something a little more soaky, okay? <laughs> Thank you. Okay, stretch your hand out towards these. Okay, I want the people out there, stretch your hand out. And I want the, I'm going to call you the congregation to these leaders. I want you to just pray this out loud after me. We bless... In the name of Jesus, these leaders, and we want them to pioneer a way that we can follow. And we bless them in the name of Jesus. We honor them. We pray for them. We pray for good health. We pray blessing on their families. 
increase in their finances, increase of spiritual gifts, and increase of impact for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Now, you guys stay out there, stay engaged, and you can be the intercessors now. And I'm just going to quickly come by. I'm just going to touch. I'm not going to do personal prophecy. There we go. That's better. Thank you. Yeah, that's better. Thank you. Now, sometimes this goes slow, and then it gets real fast. So you catcher people have got to follow me. You have to keep your eyes, catchers, two cues. Your eyes are on me all the time, okay? Because I might skip a person because I never know because I go by leading, not just by rote, okay? And then also realize this. It doesn't take the hand of man for the hand of God to come. You with me? And the Holy Spirit can come on you, and he's going to come on all of us in just, a, in just a little bit, okay? Another level. But right now, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for all of these wonderful leaders, whether of churches, ministries, whether they're pastors, apostles, evangelists, teachers, gifts of healings, workings of miracles, administrators, youth pastors, associate pastors, senior leaders, whatever level that they are. Lord, I have by grace functioned in almost all of these realms over the years. Or if there's someone that's in like the position like me with the traveling type ministry, we just bring them all before you right now. And we say, come Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. more right now now just drink in right where you're at because remember it doesn't take the hand of man for the hand of God to come come more powerfully Holy Spirit in Jesus name come more powerfully for such a time as this you guys have done this several times before. Your issue is I don't want the people, the leaders up here. I don't want you interceding right now. I want you receiving. You're so used to giving out, but now's a moment for you to receive. More right now in Jesus' name. More in the name. More in the name of Jesus. Lord, giving more right now in the name of Jesus. God, the great, great, great big heart in the name of Jesus. Why don't you stand up, okay? Lord, give me more in the name of Jesus. Come on, buddy. I want you to stand up, okay? Lord, I just speak fire, fuego, fire in the name of Jesus. Lord, I just bless this whole family right now in the name of the Lord of hosts. And I speak new waves, new waves, catching, new waves, catching catching new ways 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 there you go more right now in Jesus name more right now in the name of the Lord of hosts more hey 
more right now appointed for such a time as this. An anointing and healing on you right now. There's the fire of healing that's going over that young lady right now in the name of Jesus. I say your feet are shod with the preparations of the gospel of peace. And there's going to be evangelism and healing gifts are going to flow through you more right now for this faithful man. A man of such integrity, a man of great faithfulness. And I speak over him. The best is yet to come. In Jesus' holy name. Lord, more fire, an awakened heart in Jesus' name. Lord, I just anoint her as a prophetess, a prophetess, a prophetess in Jesus' name. Lord, I just bless us, dear man. And I do declare, I do declare apostolic leadership. I speak apostolic leadership. <laughs> and I do say faith for the changing room. And I just set you apart to catch and survive every wave. Oh, God, renew her for such a time as this. Lord, give him more. Lord, 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 Lord. Truly, you cry out, Lord, 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 Lord. And you're going to raise up a bunch of young people that are going to, Jesus is going to truly be Lord. Jesus will truly be Lord. The primary message of your life will be Lordship. And I just speak over this fiery revivalist. I speak more fire. I speak over this fiery exhorter. You are going to exhort, 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 exhort. And I speak fire over this young man who's come from some distance. And I speak new fire over him. I speak awakened heart right now. Awakened heart right now in Jesus' name. Lord, more fire. More fuego. More fire right here, right now. Just breathe in real deep right now. Three times. One. Two, in John 20, Jesus breathed on his disciples and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. (sighs) Lord, give him more right now. More right now for this young man. (sighs) Give him more right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I just speak over him. He's not going to retire. He's going to be refired in the name of Jesus. Refired by the fire of God. A Pentecostal fire of God coming upon you for such a time as this. It's not going to be the smoke of the movement's past. It's going to be the fresh fire of a fresh move. In Jesus' name. Lord, thank you for such a woman of great integrity. I just bless and anoint her in the name of Jesus. And I say, catch, catch. I speak an awakened heart over you. And I say, receive more. You're going to teach and demonstrate the Father heart of God for such a time as this. And I just set you apart. I just bless this dear woman right now in the name of Jesus. I just say, spirit of counsel is all over her. The the living word, words of knowledge, words of, actually, this is going to be odd, words of kindness compassion and mercy is one of your strongest gifts. More, Lord. More, Lord. More, Lord. Yeah. More, Lord. Ah. More. Ah. He's fun. I like him. Lord, more right here. More right here. More right here. I don't know who you are. I don't know who you are, but this day spring from on high is going to rise in your heart in Jesus' name. More, Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, give it all more fire, 
more fire. Catch and survive every wave and make waves. Make waves. Make waves. Make some waves. Make some waves in Jesus' name. Okay. Now, if you can get up, if you can, fire tunnel time. Okay, Martin, I'm turning it to you. Yeah, give a round of applause for James. Uh, so, listen, with so many people here, is it, what we're going to try and do is we'll have a tunnel uh, pass through.